Hey everybody, it's Will with ScheduleFly, and very, very excited this morning to be speaking to Joanne Draganowski. She's up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and has a really neat story, um, a family business that goes back really since 1951 that her parents initially started with a pizza recipe, and it's now grown, and uh, her parents have passed, but she and um, her siblings run Dragonetti's. Za 51 Taverna Grill, and they also have a, uh, a seasonal business, the Enchanted Inn, and a, and a campground. So um, she's a very busy lady, and it was very nice for her to take time to do this. So thank you, Joanne. Oh, you're welcome. Well, it's my pleasure. So you are, um, so you're there in Eau Claire, and we caught you this morning before you're heading up, heading up to the seasonal uh, business to the Enchanted Inn. But give me the, um, tell me a little bit about the backstory. I know your parents were immigrants and they came over here if I remember correctly in maybe 36 but they started the business around 1951 is that right that's correct um they both um came from families who who came over from Europe my mom in uh with Italian heritage and my dad with Polish German Russian um so they they both at that time lived in Chicago had a family of five and um worked in my mom worked in a restaurant she was a server at Stouffer's at the time and my dad worked um, with family in a paint store and they basically um, had a dream mostly my dad's dream convinced my mom to move up north to the wilderness and start a life go to the lake and bring the family and get out of the city and just go live with nature so they did that they loaded up the truck and um there's lots of fun stories. Not well, not fun. I mean, they had a fire along the way. So okay. Dad's brother was smoking a cigarette, and it flew out the window and in, and caught the trailer on fire, and all their clothes burned and stuff like that. But anyway, so 1951, they bought this place. It was um, at that time the summer home of the police commissioner of Chicago. So it had a um, a big house on a lake, and it was not very well didn't have a great furnace and um but they built fires and did what they did and slowly over time turned it into a um into like a resort they rented out cabins and my mom would cook and they'd take in some deer hunters in the winter and did what they could to to kind of make a living and a life and uh, eventually had this you know came up with this pizza recipe for this great dough and I remember her still rolling it out by hand with a rolling pin. And um, that's what they started this life. And we all grew up in the restaurant business then and um, were blessed to have those tools and that seed to make our own living. And they both passed, as you mentioned, but um, we're still kicking and we're feeding people and we're in the hospitality business and we love it. So you really, you grew up around it. You were there at the end. Um, is it something that you knew you always knew you do? Or did you, you know, a lot of people <laughs> uh, I talk to that grow up in the business, they go out and, you know, do something different for a while, but they seem to be drawn back to it. And uh, I'm curious about that. Yeah, exactly. You kind of nailed it. I, um, when I was, I went to high school up there in that area, grew up, um, my brother, my younger brother and I, John, came along after we are the last two of seven kids. We were born up there. And um, having grown up in the business, I was pretty sure 
kind of being a little bit of a cocky young lady that I just wanted nothing to do with restaurants. I was going to use my head and not my back. Hmm. So I went, moved to Eau Claire and went to school, went to the university, UW-Eau Claire, and got a degree in accounting. And I um, did that, and I worked for about a year in an accounting firm, and I just decided, I was like, this is not what I want to do with my life. I mean, I love the education, but I didn't want to be in a, in a cubicle, and, um, you know, I just thought, no. So what else did I know? And I knew restaurants. So I... Um, contacted the family you know we were obviously always in touch and i said well i'm down here in eau claire and there's really not an italian restaurant so what do you think about maybe pointing it south a little bit and at that point my dad had passed but my mom was still alive and so um she was you know everybody was kind of on board with that because winters were really tough up there we had um a good living but you know it was pretty seasonal it's up way way up north and north of Hayward area. So we um, slowly moved to Eau Claire, opened our first restaurant, and that was Dragon Eddie's. Okay, so that was 81, right? <clears throat> Correct. Okay. and so you, Excuse me. No, yeah. So that was, um, so your mom was still involved, and then uh, Claudia, your sister, and John, your brother, is that the other two? Correct. Okay. So yes. you guys got, now was that, did you, was it this, the same uh, pizza recipe that your folks had come up with? Yep, exactly. We use that recipe and we, um, we, well, there's a little bit of a, a little bit more backstory. Um, my parents started up there in 51 and 10 years later in 1961, they opened a restaurant that's between up north and Eau Claire. It's in the town called Rice Lake. And, um, that's where they kind of bought an old store and turned it into a pizzeria. Now today, at that time, my parents started running it, and then two of my older brothers, um, you know, took over, and um, one still runs it. And so what we did, that was more of a pizzeria called Drag's Pizzeria, Pizzarama, actually, at the time. And so when we opened the Eau Claire restaurant, we tried to kind of copy that same concept. Rice Lake is a little town. It was... Um, you know, the places on Main Street, it was, you know, it, it worked beautifully. It's still in existence. They they still run it. But we tried to copy it in Eau Claire, and we just, um, it, the cookie cutter thing didn't work. We, we kind of struggled the first two, three years. We struggled a lot. It was really tough. And so we started to kind of listen to our customers and look at the different climate that we had in Eau Claire. It was a bigger metropolitan area. The tastes were different. We kept that pizza the same, but we built a menu around it that was more um, carefully prepared pasta dishes and different offerings that were a little bit more upscale around it. And that's when things started to take off. And now it's been 37 years. So that's worked for us. Yeah. But yeah, pizza's the core. That's the hallmark thing. So, yeah, I was going to say 37 years is just such a amazing inspiring thing in the, in the restaurant business so you um and what y'all did early there is such a critical part you know that really is the line between success and failure i think are one of the lines in the businesses coming in with what you thought was going to work it wasn't quite working um but you were able to tinker and make adjustments and mm-hmm. listen and 
thoughtfully think about what you could do to make changes. And here, here you go, 37 years later, that's so awesome. Right. So yeah, it, it was a hard lesson. <laughs> I bet, I bet. But congrats on figuring that out because a lot of folks, you know, that's some folks maybe through being stubborn or some folks who's just not, you know, really paying enough attention or whatever, aren't able to do that. And that, that's, that can be the difference. So, so here, here you are 37 years later. Um, I want to unpack a little bit of this. What, what's, uh, well, first of all, because if you've done it this long, there there must be some sort of core foundational principles and philosophies that you've built this business on that haven't changed over 37 years. And there's probably some things that have. So tell me about the things that that have not changed, that you're still doing today, that you've been doing all along. Um, I think the core, the the most important core thing as we've learned and, and expanded is, is um, First of all, that recipe, you know, obviously, and that just translates into consistency. Hmm. People want, and we, you know, try to wrap that into our culture and our training and everything, and that people want that consistency. If they come on a Monday and then they come and they have whatever it is, their favorite dish or their favorite pizza, and then they come back on a Thursday, it's got to be exactly the same. It's got to be the same no matter who made it, put it together. And, and, you know, from time to time, we'll see that things get out of kink. Sometimes, especially as, as things grow, you might get someone new to the team that worked elsewhere, made pizzas at a, you know, at a, you know, mainstream pizza place or something. And they're used to doing something a certain way. So you kind of have to go, okay, we get it. We, know, we understand you want to maybe put your spin on it, but you can't. <laughs> you know, we got to keep it consistent and here's why um so the consistency is really the number one thing um using really high quality ingredients we don't scrimp um we still make our own sausage meat from scratch we buy the, the meat at a local butcher and <clears throat> if we notice that the mixture is getting you know it's the fat it's a little bit the ratio of 80 20 if it if that seems to be changing or if all of a sudden it's something else it's too you want it lean but not too lean because that's where your flavor is mm. and but if it gets too fatty then you get a greasy pizza you know so you got to constantly and the chain the the cheese might change the the, the fat content in the cheese seasonally because the cows are produced in their milk differently it's it's all kind of a keep it keep attention to it and keep an eye on it and consistency is number one yeah consistency and just staying focused on the basics and just nailing them every time which can be challenging to do for sure especially over decades like that um and people coming and going well tell me about the the people that are a part of this and how do you i mean how do you how do you get people dialed into focusing on that consistency well we do a lot of um you know, it was it was a lot easier when we all worked physically in one location, you know, because we were all there all the time. And as we expanded, of course, that was our biggest challenge was how do you keep that? So it all comes down to learning to put everything in writing. Um, we we have now that we've grown, we have a young man that we call the pizza czar. <laughs> and he's <clears throat> he's our, if we notice, like we just did this last week. At drags, we call it the mothership. <laughs> the, uh, that you know, we had a longtime customer who came in and said, said to our 
manager on duty, you know, I'm noticing that the pizza is not quite, it's not as consistent as it always is. And so, so we're like, okay, you know, red flag, let's, let's bring the pizza czar in. So the pizza czar came back and did a little lesson for everybody. Here's a, let's come back to center. Let's all focus. And, and here's how we make a pizza. Here's what goes on. Here's the pattern. Here's to make sure if you get multiple ingredients, you're not scrimping. Um, so the, putting things in writing, having written procedures, but then a physical presence of someone who comes in, has earned this position, and can give everybody a little bit of a, okay, a little recheck. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And he loves it. He takes it very seriously, and he does a great job. Tell me, and I know, it's, so you, I know, um, and you've got several other places as well. The um, what has been in with with you know as you've grown, you you must have had to have hired people that because um, you you and your siblings own the businesses, so they're so critically important to you. They're you know these are your babies, and like you mm-hmm. said, when you're there all the time, it's one thing, but when you're moving around and probably by the way you mentioned you didn't want to use your back you wanted to use your mind I, am i right that maybe nowadays you're using your mind a little bit more as you all oh doing? sure <laughs> yeah. yeah and you've heard it you know everyone said work on your business not in your business and you have to work in there's plenty of times when i end up going in and doing you know physically being there because of staffing or an emergency or whatever yeah. but but for sure when the bigger you know the more you want to scale the more and I'm grateful for my accounting background because that's really helped, of course. Yeah. You know, it does. And, and it's so important. That's the other thing. As much as you don't want to monetize things, it, the only way it's going to work is if you make more than you spend. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's the really bottom line secret. So you got to take time. And, and especially I see so many owners, you know, I'm really active with the Wisconsin Restaurant Association. Okay. And, um, I see so many people starting out who are so busy with their head down, cranking out the stuff, which you got to do, but you got to look up every now and then and step, step back and look at your numbers and figure out where the sweet spot is. And, mm. and, you know, are you really making money on this item or, you know, are you doing something that you shouldn't be doing? And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just super, super important too. Do you, um, having been in the business for so long and being a part of the Wisconsin Restaurant Association, do you do, do you work with folks that are up and coming? Are you an advisor to anybody or a mentor? Or, um, oh, all the time. Yeah. I mean, we, I'm, I'm actually on the executive board. So I, you know, we, we try to help. That's what we do. You know, we're, we're a resource for people that want to, um, start in the business or they're in the middle of being in business and they're running into challenges. Um, and I'm always happy to, to do that. I love doing that. And sometimes, you know, people have never been in this business and they have this dream of opening a restaurant. Hmm. And sometimes you're, you're, you're giving them a little dose of reality. You know, it's not all, you know, I always laugh. Everyone goes, oh, you got such a glamorous business. I go, yeah, we sit around and we, the Brinks truck, truck backs up and we load the money in the back <laughs> and it goes to the bank and we have cocktails and we just, you know, it's not like that. It's, no. it's. You know, it's the POS system just went down. You know, I did that the other day twice. I mean, it was running in and trying to, it, in the middle of something, you know, our son plays baseball. Okay, I've got to go. But that's what happens, you know. It's, yeah, you the the, the idea of the restaurant business and the reality are can be 
very, very different. I've learned for a lot mm-hmm. of folks. Um, but you clearly have it in your in your. I mean, you just you have it in your blood, and you love what you do, and and that's very apparent. Um, do you tell me about? Well, first of all, let me ask you this: You've got several concepts. Why do you why diversify versus taking you know the one concept and replicating it elsewhere? Or are they all in the same same area? Well, no, um, that's kind of a good question. That's a very good question, actually. The first one, you know, you we evolved to that. It was what you know, and it's like the mothership is a full service dinner only kind of an Italian supper club almost. Um, the second location, we just kind of fell into it. Um, it, it, it's a smaller thing. It had a big bar and an open area and it just seemed to be more real casual. So we made that, a that's Taverna that we made that like a, um, kind of a sports bar, but it, it started out where it was going to be a sports bar, but you'd get better than you expected food at a sports bar. And, and if you wanted to have a decent glass of wine, you could get that instead of just, you know, okay, we've got this house wine and, you know, you only you have no choices. And if you wanted a decent beer, if you want a craft beer or something, you could do that. But it was still affordable, but you had more variety than you'd expect at a sports bar. Um, but it had a little bit of a, an Italian flair. We put flatbreads in there, which is basically our pizza, but we shaped it oval. Uh-huh. And it became more of an individual size instead of having all the options with sizes as you did at the big restaurant. It was more of a personalized thing. And then the third one, ZA 51, was my my sister Claudia always, we call in our family, we shorten pizza. We call it ZA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's have a ZA or whatever. And so that was kind of her brainchild, honestly. She just, you know, had this, there was this, development coming in this area, Altoona is right next to Eau Claire and the city of Altoona was this, it was pretty much a conceptualized development with the river surrounds it and they had a little stream and it was a park. So you could bring your kids and you could be out on your bike or whatever and stop. It's along the bike trail, um, a nice mixture of residential and business and she was like, I just really love what that sounds like. We should think about opening another place. And John and I kind of looked at her and said, what? <laughs> <laughs> but then we all got in the car and we drove out there. And, you know, it's only not even a mile away from Dragonetti's North. It's literally the next exit off the highway. But we loved the area. And um, so then we thought, what can we do that's more pizza-focused but it fits in with that sort of environment. And so that's how we came up with the open concept. Um, the pizza's ours right behind there. You can see everything. You're right there watching them do anything, everything. And you can sit at the bar and have a cocktail and you're right there. So more casual, but yet, you know, upscale casual, maybe is the word. I don't gotcha. know. Okay. Um, we started out thinking it would be quick service. And then we realized that we were not going to hit the mark with that. We just needed to go back to a full-service restaurant. So that's how that came. So <laughs> we are kind of a little bit all over the place, but we, I think we are most comfortable with what, and of course the times change, mm. you know, people's dining habits are changing and everything. So this latest version I think is mo- is the most in tune with what people really want right now. Gotcha. Um, Zoff 51. You know, 
Yeah. Okay. And 51 is obviously because we started in 1951. So it's kind of a tribute to our parents and, um, you know, that's how we came up with Zah 51. Well, it's, it's, habits are changing and, and, uh, that's why I always, I just find it so, I, I love the idea of a place, especially if you, you know, going back to Dragon Eddie's, it's been there for 37 years. Um, are there things about Dragon Eddie's that have changed or are changing or will change based on, or, or do you, or do people always, you know, in a community like that, uh, or in any community are, are families, like you said, they're looking for consistency in the food, but a lot of times I think they're just looking for consistency and just a, a place to be and something that they've grown up going to. And I imagine you serve people that have been coming there for, you know, multiple generations now. Oh, exactly. Um, it, it's very true. We have some of the same customers and, and it's more, like I said, more supper clubby, but we have a, a lounge and an outdoor deck. And I do see over time, we've all observed that people, people are more casual with their habits. Hmm. So, you know, we have people that will come in two, three times a week, but they are more of our kind of lounge. Nobody needs to come um, and be dressed up at all. But I think that in general, for the just society, people's dining habit, they're more, do more convenience oriented, um, um, that kind of thing. I think people want to come in and grab a bite. It's casual. Um, so we're looking at that. We're, we're looking at... Um, you know, accommodating that and, and, and focusing more in those areas because that's what people seem to want. You, you mentioned, um, you know, sort of the, the difference between, you know, people thinking they want to open a restaurant and they have a dream and then helping them understand the realities of that. What, what, let me ask you this. What, what is it that you love most about what you do? Um, you know, when it comes down to it, we're in the hospitality business. And what I love about it is, well, a couple of things. You know, over the years, we've had some amazing, amazing people we've worked with. I mean, the, and it's really, really a cool thing when so, then when someone comes in and, you know, they worked for you 20 years ago. And now they've got their kids in tow and they're like, you know what? You were one of my best employers or whatever. I'm not saying I'm tooting my horn, but it's such a compliment when they come back. Mm. And I think about what a, what a wonderful thing it is to be able to provide employment for people. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're in a college town. So the majority of our, of our people we work with are college kids and they, they appear for, you know, that short period of time while they're getting through school and then we call it leaving the nest. They're going to leave the nest and go to their real job. So, you know, it's a compliment when they come back. And then we have some people who are here. They're, they're especially back of the house people where, where food is their craft. They're with us for the long haul, thank goodness. And that's getting tougher in this industry. You know, it's really hard to find to find people to work in many cases. And so... So to back to your question, it, it's been working with great people, but also great employees. And being in the hospitality business, you don't know. You might. You, you, we are such a part of people's lives. They come in. You don't know. They could be celebrating something. They could be mourning something. You know, we do a lot of people come in. Maybe their parents, a parent, parent passes away, and they came in for so many years, and 
they're coming in because they just put their mom or dad to rest and they want to come and celebrate that life. So it's just a gift to be able to share share times. Food brings people together for so many reasons. And that's really what our big job, it's not just that we're a restaurant. We're, we have a, you know, we are with people during different periods of their lives. And that's real cool. That's very cool. It is really cool. And particularly, I think, um, those, well, I, actually, I want to ask you about that. So that, tell me about the independent restaurant. And there are, you know, chain restaurants as competition have a lot of resources and scale and so forth. But I have some thoughts, but tell me your thoughts on the advantages that independent restaurants have. Well, I think because we can personalize everything. Mm -hmm. And when we bring new hires on part of when I'm talking with them, part of what I tell them is, you know, we, we have our, you know, quote unquote policies or our procedures, but we're not, we don't have to be so black and white. If you, you know, if someone's got something, maybe your policy is, you know, you get time off after X amount of time, but you know what, when you're independent, if someone has a struggle in their life and they need time or whatever, you, you could make that exception or, you know, one of the things industry wide we struggle with is, um, is a you know chemical and alcohol abuse it's just native to our industry yeah and some of the most talented people and in all areas of the restaurant but it seems to really hit the back of the house if they're struggling with this drug or alcohol addiction and all of a sudden they can't come to work it's not with us we try to do what we can to help them get a leg back because if you do black and white you know no rules are rules three structure out that person has nothing, right, you know, right. You got, you got to be flexible. So that I think is our biggest advantage is that we try to humanize it more, have conversations and, and talk to the person and say, what is it that you need? What can we do? And then, but then we're going to expect it. You're not a number, but we're, if you're going to say you're going to do something, then you got to do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, uh, well actually t- tell me a little bit more about that challenge of particularly back of the house, but um, you mentioned just finding people is so hard these days. What, what's, what's going on and what are you doing about that? Well, it's a challenge that really um, hits our industry. I was just at a restaurant board meeting and that was one of the things that across the state, it's just, it's just hard. And I mean, there are literally restaurants, independents that are closing because they can't find people to work. So in, and in Wisconsin, the good news is the unemployment is, you know, under 3%, but the bad news is the unemployment's under 3%. So, you know, we're just trying to stay the course and make our places a better place to work. And word of mouth is the best way to recruit the best people, um, you know, and then just retain them. But it, it's tough. Our society is changing. You know, I, I see it. I see it. My, our son is, you know, just graduated from high school. He's getting ready to go off to college and he's in sports. And I see kids in that, in that age group, their job is to stay in school, get great grades. And if they're athletes, you know, 
hopefully get a scholarship or whatever. I mean, their job, and even if they're not athletes, their job is to stay focused and, you know, get, get, keep those grades up so they can get some scholarships and, and get a better life, quote unquote, Mm. (laughs) you know? And so less kids, less people are working, you know, it's just, they're just not, that's part of it. Oh, Our so few, fewer of the college students are actually employed is, is what you're saying, so, which is your yeah. your employment base. Yeah. Right. And okay. I think also industry, from an industry standpoint, we have to go, we have to go back to educating our y- young people about wh- how, what a cool work experience being in a restaurant is. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my favorite person to bring in is that 16 or 17 year old or even younger start them out, you know, doing prep. We, we got rid of, we get rid of the, you're a dishwasher. You're not a dishwasher because there's some connotation to that. You're prep. You start out at prep. Right. And, and you might be doing dishes most of the time, but we're going to teach you how to peel a carrot and, and, you know, start to work your way up. And when you see that people that get that passion for cooking and then they want to try this and then pretty soon teach them how to saute and you could just go, go, go. That's the coolest thing. So that's the ideal but there are fewer people in that age group, I think, that are looking for work. Hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, they're focusing on their studies and they want to go to college. And I think there's nothing wrong with the trades, you know. Yeah. It's a it's a wonderful life. But I, I understand why parents are thinking it, that might be the best decision and, and just don't encourage their kids to work. Yeah, there's a lot of people graduating from these colleges with a whole lot of debt and exactly <laughs> then i hear you then your options are really you. limited i mean there's over a trillion dollars in student loan debt right now which is very oh. concerning with i mean to me I, I always feel like i've got three kids there i mean my oldest is only 14 but um i just feel like the in, particularly the independent restaurant is such a great place to work when you're young and if you to me i would just say gosh you've got there's such an opportunity. I mean, somebody comes in there. I mean, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I would just think if somebody comes in there, really puts their heart and soul into it, gives you everything they've got, wants to learn, wants to grow, they're going to have so many opportunities because you're not static. You're, you've opened multiple places. Your business is growing. You'll probably continue to grow it. There's going to be lots of opportunities for people that want it to grow within the mm-hmm. business. And right. what a, what a great place to do that and to, um, you know, yeah, I agree. You learn, you know, you learn respect, Uh huh. you learn, you know, how to keep an obligation, you know, you got to show up and, you know, you got to play nice with everybody. You learn how to work with different personalities. It's, I totally agree. It's just hard to, or they get a taste. They want to be, you know, they're, I think to the passion of cooking is, is something that, you know, maybe because we're in the Midwest, you know, I'm not, I, I hope that that grows. I see a little bit of a decline, but maybe, mm. maybe it's just because people are, they're not looking for the right thing. They're, they're thinking about how much am I going to make instead of, am I doing something I enjoy? You know, cause the money comes when yeah. you do something you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And when you work really hard at something and you show up and you're consistent and reliable and, and, um, eager and so forth, you know, you, you'll, you'll be successful and that's true in whatever you do. But it sounds right. like, I mean, I'm hearing this so much. It sounds like the, the industry really has to, uh, 
think about how, doing what you're talking about at a local level there, but how does you know, the industry needs to educate people that, you know, there's really great opportunities in restaurants mm-hmm. that, you know, are unfilled and, and can lead to lots of success and happiness and, and, right. um, you know, oh, good income and good life, good lifestyle and so forth. If you're, uh, you know, it's, unfor- I agree. I think that the industry should do a, um, a campaign <laughs> that just goes back to not glamorizing the restaurant business, but, but, it, but showing that there are positives. And so it is a glamorous business in some respects. Yeah. It's pretty cool to take, I, I, I love, a, a, you know, any busy night when you go back in the kitchen and you got a person with talent who's taking raw ingredients and making something and bring, and someone takes a bite out of it and goes, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm. That, now how amazing is that to be able to do that? That, you know, and, but sometimes we focus too much on, Oh, it's, it's a lot of work. and it's a, You know what? It, it's, there's some cool stuff about it at the end of the night when you're exhausted and you know, you did a good job and you get immediate feedback in our business. You don't have to look at the numbers to know if you did a good job or you messed up, <laughs> you know, from a customer service standpoint, or, you know, if you had some got in the weeds and you just couldn't pull it off or you got behind or whatever, you know, <laughs> before yeah. you look at the numbers, you know, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, the, um, yeah, the industry does, it, it would be it would be great if the industry could do that because you you know there's also a lot of people that are I mean a lot more these days I don't know the statistics but I've I know enough I've read enough or seen enough to know this is a, a alarming trend in some ways is people that you know are getting out of college and then they're going back and home and, and living with mom and dad and having a hard right. time finding work like what in the world <laughs> why would you rather do that than go I don't know it's interesting but that's the other thing too I think Joanne you know you think if you go to college and you get a degree. I could I could see why people would say, well, that's a that's a backslide to go work in a restaurant. Like I I don't want to do that. I went to college. I earned a good job. I mm-hmm. just need to find the good job or whatever. But, um, but, but yeah, yes and no. But luckily, there are some people. I have some a couple of key people who went off to college. One of my longtime wonderful people, and he's just become a, a great friend over the years because we've worked together. He, you know, when he wanted to go to school in California and, and, you know, do the whole computer thing. And he did, he went, he came back, he worked a little bit, he went back to school and then he came back and then he ended up working a year in his field and hated it. So yeah. now he's back. Kind of like so, you in the I accounting, mean, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, luckily there are a few people, but it, it, that's part of our culture. We got to stop telling people they need a four-year degree in order to be something. Totally and, agree. You know, and you're right about the debt. We, you know, talked about that with our son. It's like, just do something you love. And everyone's like, well, why don't you make him work in the restaurant? Is he going to take everything over? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell him that. If he decides that, wonderful. But I'm certainly not going to tell him that's his, because he will, come he will figure it out yeah but he has to figure it out yep no you're you're right though we're telling everybody you know that's the thing these days where you have to go to yeah you really don't actually there's so many opportunities if you right. don't if you've got the wherewithal to you know take some risk and go try something different but well um well let me ask you this um uh what what advice 
and I'm going to let you roll here because I know you're busy and you've got a, a trip coming up, but what advice do you typically give to people that, that are aspiring restaurant owners or, or new restaurant owners um, that you speak to? And what are the things you tell them, you know, are just critical to the business and um, just any general advice you might give folks? Um, well, I tell them to do their research. You know, you might have an idea that you think is fabulous, but you got to really check out the area, make sure you know what your competition's doing, and don't expect your, don't think you're going to be successful just because you got a great, you know, recipe for whatever it is, and all your friends and and family are going to come and keep you in business. Um, whatever money you think you need to get this going, you better triple it at least. And okay, that's really good advice. And then my standby, and this is for anybody in business, not just restaurants, but follow your 4 a.m. voice. I always say that if you wake up at 4 a.m. and you've got this, you know, pang and it's like dread, that's different from waking up at 4 a.m. and you can't sleep because you are so excited to get this done. Mm. And you just know, um, <laughs> apparently I got a lot of advice. And then be careful about who you take advice from because you know, some people will give you advice, but they've never been in your shoes. So you got to filter the advice and make sure it's relevant and that you're getting it from somebody who's been there and really is, you know, is giving you, um, cause some people, you know, not that they don't have good motives, but they think they know it all. Right. And they've never done it. Right. Or this is their taste and they think you need, you know, like a pizza. Oh, you better have a deep dish pizza. But if everyone's into thin crust, that's not going to be such a good thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, filter it. Okay. That's really good advice. Let me ask you one more thing, though, because you uh, you mentioned, you know, have three times as much money as you think you need, which is really awesome because that gives you cushion and margin and uh, room for error and so forth, which then leads to the fact that a lot of folks have to um, raise money to start mm-hmm. a business. What have you seen? What things have you seen go awry when people have raised money? And, and what have you seen work really well in terms of finding investors? I don't know, anything, debt to equity, just things like any advice you'd give folks. I'm sure you've seen a lot of that over the years. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on the operation and, and where people are. Yeah. I, you know, I, <laughs> It's just you got to be really careful because you don't want to get you don't want to get your debt to equity too high, you know, like where you're just strapped. Mm. Um, that's just not fun. I would say the best thing is to start small and grow. Um, we have a couple of former employees who opened their own place locally about a year ago. They just celebrated their one year mark and they have done a phenomenal job and they started out super, super small. Mm-hmm. But they were you know, very careful about not going into too much debt and they've worked themselves to a place where they're busting at the seams and that's a good place to be, you know, go tiptoe through it. And as far as partners and all of that, I would, you know, it's, I would just caution just if you're going to partner with anybody and if they're just going to finance you be silent or be involved, just be really, really careful to make sure you're compatible and that you really have everything completely outlined. Um, everybody knows the expectation. If this, then that. You know, that's super important because 
I can almost guarantee you if you haven't covered it in terms of contingencies and issues, it's going to pop up. <laughs> so better, so much better to have it figured out ahead of time and say, well, remember we discussed this than to go, well, wait, we need to talk. This is an issue. And that goes with anything. Yeah, know? have the patience to take your time and think through those things on the front end versus we'll figure that out later, I guess. Exactly. Like, because what if this happens? What if that happens? Like You, you really right. have to take the time to think that through on the front end so that you're ready for it, right? Right, right. And if you're in a situation where, you know, you're leasing space, make sure you negotiate, understand that you can negotiate, understand, you know, we own all of our properties, so we don't run into that. But I see that from, a, you know, other restaurateurs, they just get in, their rent is out of whack. They they're, they just think they're going to do better. Paper is good. You got to have your projections. But what if it's not that? You know, it's going to take you time. You don't just open up your doors and, you know, people flood in. It takes a good two, three years to get your stride. Really get going. Yeah. 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 Keep your overhead operating expenses, everything as low as possible, maybe used mm-hmm. equipment, things like that. That's the other thing. A lot of folks feel like you've got to have everything's got to be nice and new. And that's expensive. All of a sudden out of the oh. gate, you're, you yeah. know, you're in the hole. Um, yeah. Very expensive. Yeah, better to be creative and buy things when it's an absolute. Like you said, like when they're busting at the seams, that's when you go, okay, now we need to put mm-hmm. some money back into this upgrade or yeah. whatever. But but wait till then, right? Don't, right. Don't assume don't you're busting at the seams. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah, there's a need. You need to have a little humility, I think, on the front end. I guess. <laughs> and, yeah. And, no kidding. Yeah. Confidence, yeah. but humility. Well, um, follow your four a.m. voice. I really like that. That's a great. That's a great piece of advice for anybody in any business. I really, uh, that's, that's good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. Well, listen, I'll let you go. Yep. I know you got to drive ahead of you, but I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And it's fantastic advice and um, just enjoy the conversation a lot and appreciate the business and uh, just thank you. Will. Th- thank you. I, I enjoyed it as well. It's my, my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Right, bye.